Hi everybody, I'm Oliver Roth, a Broadway producer at O'Henry Productions. You are listening to The O'Henry Report, the podcast by Broadway World, which gives you a one-of-a-kind look inside the business of Broadway. In the report, we pull back the curtain on the biggest stories, issues, and trends in the industry. There's only one story really worth talking about right now, and that's that award season is well underway, and on Tuesday, April 30th, the 2019 Tony Award nominees will be announced. Be sure to check the O'Henry Report feed over the next few weeks for new episodes during the Tony campaign. And while you're waiting for new episodes to come out, you can always check out my most recent thoughts on the Tony race at my website, www.ohenryproductions.com. During every Tony season, I add a button to the top navigation of my site that will take you directly to articles relating to my thoughts on the Tony race. Today, we're going to talk with my co-producer of the podcast, Broadway World's Matt Timonini, about what to expect from nominations on Tuesday morning. Let's start with productions and just and just go through those four categories, and then we'll sort of pick apart it at individual categories. But I want to start with production, and then and then also just start to just also talk about sort of general trends we think we're going to see on the play side. What's really interesting on the play side to me this year is there are so many new plays, amazing new plays eligible. So already I was sort of fascinated by that race, and then then the dramatist nominations came out uh, yesterday, and. Broadway plays were really not heavily uh, awarded nominations for the drama desks. There was a lot of off-Broadway. I mean, there was some great stuff off-Broadway this year as well, so it's it's not a total surprise. But what it makes it interesting, it, you know, it makes it interesting to think about the fact that To Kill a Mockingbird, which I think is a, a lock for a, a Best Play nomination, got one nomination at the drama desks. Um, and Network, which I, I think has uh, – you know, a, at least a, a lock for a leading actor nomination, Brian Cranston, got zero nominations. And, and I also think Network could do very well in design nominations and, and maybe even a Best Play nomination. So uh, the drama desks were a little bit less indicative of what we might expect on Tuesday than than usual. What are the plays that you're looking at, the new plays you're looking, you're sort of watching out for that you think might be spoke on Tuesday morning? Um, well, I think for me, from the beginning of the season up until now, despite the fact that it hasn't done as well at the box office as I thought it would, and it has kind of lost some steam in terms of momentum, everything still, to me, is trying to catch up to the ferryman. It had those unbelievably incredible reviews when it first opened. It has since gone through a cast change. The d- box office has dropped out from under it and i think they're probably hoping to tread water to get a ton of nominations on tuesday and hope that that picks interest back up uh going into the summer but for me that is still the leader in the clubhouse i would imagine that two of the other favorites to be nominated are to kill a mockingbird like you said and what the constitution means to me one of the biggest plays of this past season both off broadway and on the other two that i think are going to get nominated are probably ones that people aren't necessarily anticipating. I I think we're going to get Ink in there, and I think we're going to get Choir Boy, um, which is interesting because sometimes Choir Boy this season has been ruled a revival, right? but it's going to be a, a new play for the Tonys, and I think it's going to be well-received. I think both of these MTC shows um, are well-liked. I think they're things that speak to Tony voters, and I think it'll do very well. And mainly because, like you said, Network, I I think that the reviews weren't great. They were good, but I don't know that it's going to push them over. And then the other things that are in consideration, Hillary and Clinton, uh, Gary, I think that they got okay reviews, but not not enough to put them over. Now, they have stars, so that might be enough to push them over. But if I think we're just going on the merit of the plays themselves, Inc. and Choir Boy will be the ones getting the fourth and fifth slots. Um, I think there's definitely yeah I think Inquireboy and Network are are maybe the most likely to compete for that for those two slots. Um, I just want to say also you know something that your um, thoughts on something like Hillary Clinton and Gary uh, and those other plays uh, had maybe think about is something that I was also thinking about yesterday um, and that you know I, I'm a daily listener as as you know of your uh, you and James Marino's uh, today on Broadway. After the nominees yesterday on, on the drama desk, I sort of rem- rem- wanted to remind myself what the nomination process looks like. And it's a very small nominating committee for the drama desks. It's larger for the Tonys. Um, and so, you know, there's maybe more of like a regression to the mean in terms of when, when you have a smaller nominating committee, 
shows that are polarizing. And the reason why I brought up today on Broadway is that I think a common thing as you as you every morning in the last few weeks are are talking through and bringing us through some of the reviews from the opening the night before. Um, a common thing that I keep hearing you saying is how polar like you know we, we've yeah. gotten a lot of openings with with reviewers who are so uh torn you know some reviewers love a play and some don't or a musical and and the thing that's interesting to me is that when we when you talk about things like hillary and clinton or gary uh specifically especially gary does a larger nominating committee reduce uh, uh, mean that it's going to be the plays even if they you know gary got some absolute raves uh, maybe more than Choir Boy got in terms of you know the the, the best review versus the best review, but I f- I feel like at the Tonys because there is a robust nominating committee, um, it's more likely that the more stable you know productions that are productions that were more universally at least accepted if not adored um, yeah. uh, get through. So so I do think you know um, I do think that you're right in in saying that Ink and Choir Boy probably have good shots. Just to throw in some context there, there are seven nominators for the drama desks, but there are 48 for the Tonys. So um, obviously that's almost seven times as many nominees. So you are going to get a wider pool so that the extremes are kind of mellowed out a little bit. And like you said, a regression to the mean and kind of go with the safer stuff makes sense with the Tonys. While we're on plays, let's talk about revival. Um, So full disclosure, I have a horse in that race, which is uh, burn this, but I think the revival category is so interesting to me this year. It is really, you know, uh, before the nominations happen, I'm I'm sort of looking at some of the things that I look at on the more, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, once my nominations happen, I I have this mathematical algorithm that I plug all these factors into to to help me decide uh, look at who I think is leading uh, in each race. And what I find really fascinating about the revival category is that. I think our front runners are all closed shows and generally closed shows have uh, a, a, are less likely to perform well at the, at the, when it comes to actually winning an award. But I don't know that's the case this year. Um, and especially with the revival where actually it's the trend is, is less uh, significant. But I say that because um, I think the Waverly gallery is the only revival that has been nominated for every. Yeah. I uh, yeah. got a drama league, our critic circle and drama desk. Yeah, and that's that's a little misleading because The Boys in the Band, which yeah. was the first show of the season, huge stars, great reviews, did not make itself eligible for any of these smaller awards because it was such a limited run and there was such high ticket demand. They didn't give tickets to the nominators and voters um, specifically yeah. for those awards. That will obviously not be the case for the Tonys, which makes this really, really hard to judge how the boys in the band will be factored into the Tony nominations on Tuesday. Absolutely. I think – and you know, and then you have a lesser talked about show. Um, actually, it's funny. In, in some ways, I feel like the, the fact that they made themselves ineligible th- – there's some other stuff going on with the boys in the band and their campaign, which I want to get to in a second. But um, one thing that I find funny is, of course, if they had dominated in these – in these other category, in these other awards, that would have made them very relevant and part of the conversation as well. But by making themselves ineligible, they are literally the preface to every single list <laughs> yeah. of nominee nominations, and it's almost doing the same work as having done very well in those awards. What I think would have done in terms of just reminding us that they exist because they were. I mean, it's been almost a year since that production uh, opened. Literally, um, but yeah. yeah. And then also facing a similar problem just because of its second stage run, um, but but not have, not being as sort of loud uh, about it is Torch Song, and I think it, that was a again if you think you know go back to what we just talked about it was a very well liked production, uh, maybe not with as ravenous fans. I mean, and I, certainly at the second stage run, I think there were, but it might not have been yeah. as talked about on Broadway as some of these other as some of these other shows that we're talking about. But um, a solid production. So, so there we have three shows that are closed: Torch Song, The Waverly Gallery, and The Boys in the Band, who look like they are um, very much a part of the conversation. I think I just I, I don't remember where you sat on this. I I think Boys in the Band is maybe the 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 one on the shakiest ground. I think you maybe disagree with me there. Yeah, I I think one because had so many stars. I think that when the nominators are looking back, it's going to be hard to forget it. Like I, I think that for us, because so much has happened since then, you can't look at that show with all of those stars and think, what was that one again? I don't really remember what happened. I I think that that's going to be remembered fondly. I I think that's going to get a nomination. Um, I basically think that everything in this category, save true West 
has a chance to get nominated. That's All My Sons, Burn This, King Lear, Waverly Gallery, Torch Song, and The Boys in the Band. I, I think any combination of those six wouldn't necessarily surprise me, save if Waverly Gallery didn't get nominated at all. But I, I think, uh, and and I say this with as much love for your show as I can possibly get it, I, I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be All My Sons, Waverly Gallery, Torch Song, and Boys in the Band. And I say that hesitantly because, as you know from today on Broadway, like the first wave of the reviews for All My Sons earlier this week were raves. They were like, this is the best play of the whole season, let alone revival. And then you get to the one that really matters the most, uh, which was the New York Times, and they didn't really like it. And same thing with my favorite critic, Sarah Holdren. She didn't really like it. Right. So it... it, it like if, if we would have stopped before those two came out, I would have said this was a slam dunk and Tracy Letts, Annette Benning, Hampton Fluker, uh, Benjamin Walker, give them all Tony nominations. I don't know that that's the case anymore, but I feel pretty good about Waverly Gallery and the boys in the band. Then maybe Torch Song. King Lear is a weird one, too, because people love them some Shakespeare and love Glenda Jackson. But we really don't like Sam Gold going real <laughs> weird with revival so i i don't know if i had this is the, the production category that i feel least good about but that's what i would go with no i think i i actually think that's right i mean you know i, I think uh, and again the reason why this is so strange is i think none of the shows that are currently open all my sons burn this and king lear were as widely uh um appreciated and liked than the waverly gallery torch song and boys in the band so i think that the most likely outcome is actually that the waverly gallery torch song and boys in the band get in and then there's a competition for that fourth slot um because there are only seven uh so only four will get nominated which i think um all my sons uh, you know again it depends on which side of this of, of this divided aisle the nominators uh were on might squeeze in there but i also think it's possible that that not all three of those close productions get in so I wanted to I wanted to take the conversation we just had about best revival of a play and sort of bridge over into some of the other categories, but go a little bit uh, more you know uh, go a little bit more into talk about Tonys and we'll we'll get to the other categories as we do it. Um, because we talked about boys in the band, one of the things that I'm noting is that there is some real great campaigning happening from some productions. Um, yeah, they're making right. damn movies. They're making I mean, damn it, movies yeah. out of shows. You Boys know? In the yeah. band, so Boys in the Band, which, you know, closed a while ago, um, you know, wasn't going to be as salient in the, in the minds of the voters. Uh, actually, before the movie, they had uh, a double page spread. I, that was, you know, the boys are back and it had sort of all the actors. Um, and to, again, to just make sure that people who are going to the theater and maybe seeing the, the you know, denominators who are look, taking a look at the more recent additions to the list, Remember that they were there, and then they announced the movie, and then, of course, I don't know if this was I, – I can't imagine this was what they were thinking when they when they denied the um, uh, you know invites to all the voters. But I do think that they've actually commanded conversation in all the other award shows by being something that is ineligible. And so there's this, like, this mystery around what the Tonys are going to do with them, um, and so I think they've done an amazing job with that. And then crossing over to the the musical side, I think campaigning is going to be a really interesting thing here. I, and and so I I sort of hinted at this earlier. I this week had been going back and forth. I was so ready earlier this week to come in here and and fight you on the fact that I think that this is the Tony Awards <laughs> of the of the prom versus Hades Town. Um, I still will say I see a lot of people out there saying that Tootsie is a front runner and that Tootsie's in real competition. They're wrong. I, 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 yeah, I think they're wrong. Um, I just don't think uh, – that doesn't mean they're not going to get a lot of nominations. Uh, they might. That doesn't mean that they're not going to win some awards. They might. I don't see them being a real uh, favorite for Best Musical. Agreed. Good reviews aside, I mean I didn't love the, the, the musical as much as some of the reviewers did. But, but even that aside, I just think this isn't – like uh, some of these articles I'm reading about predictions are treating it like it's the only – it's the best-reviewed show of the season, and it's just not. And there are other shows that I think are more original and more like – I don't know, just more true to the core of, of what has been awarded in seasons past. So first of all well, – Especially yeah. in recent seasons too because as we've noted, a lot of people like to throw out this this idea that, oh, well, a lot of the voters are road presenters, which A – not true. Uh, they're a fairly small percentage. And that the thought with that is that 
oh, they want shows that are big and flashy with big names so they can sell them on the road. They want those to win Tonys. And if you just hear someone say that, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But if you actually think about it, that makes no sense whatsoever. They don't need shows like last year, Mean Girls, to win a Tony to sell it. What they need is for shows like The Band's Visit to win a Tony uh, to help it sell. Now, personally, I don't actually think that any of the nominators or voters factor that in all that much. But if you look at the last few years, going back to like, I'd say maybe, um, 2012, if you, you look at the winners of, of the, of the best musical category, most of them are the smaller, more artistic shows. And obviously that's not true in every year, but you had once you had kinky boots, which a lot of people thought that maybe the more artistic Matilda should win. Then you had gentleman's guide to love and murder. You had fun home. Now, Hamilton, obviously huge, big flashy show, but also, easily the most artistically satisfying. Then you had Dear Evan Hansen, uh, and then the band's visit. It's not like the Tonys for Best Musical go to the big flashy shows very much in the past decade. So right. I, I just don't I don't understand what the argument from people like Michael Riedel and all these folks is. It's like if Hades Town doesn't win, it will be an upset. Well yeah, and, and, and by the way, just to, to make clear, yes, Michael Riedel was the particular journalist that I yeah. was thinking of. I know because uh, he about. just point is so here here's the thing. I actually think in the best musical category and talking about campaigning that there is potential to be a real showdown between the prom and Hadestown um, because on paper, I think they both have a lot going, like everything going for them, uh, except for that they're totally like they're in content. They are extremely different. And then there are some scenario, uh, uh, circumstantial differences, which we'll talk about. But on paper, they're both original musicals. Uh, they're both um, well liked by the community. Um, they both, you know, even the prom, which is a big musical comedy, is on the art artsy side of a big musical big musical comedy, as opposed to you know a Mean Girls or a, or even a Tootsie or you know an adaptation of a big movie. Um, so I feel like on paper they're checking off all the same boxes. Obviously, the big difference is that uh, tonally, one is a big musical comedy and the other is a more dramatic piece, um, and. Recently, we've seen more dramatic pieces uh, doing better at the Tonys, but I don't think that the Tony voters have lost their love of musical comedies. I think it's been a while, actually, which is what the review of The Prom really talked about a lot, I think, from The Times. It's been a while since we saw a musical comedy like The Prom Land on Broadway that was so well-received and that really – that that was just you know widely enjoyed. So, so there's that. I think that the – well, I, I'll let you – I'll throw that out to you, Matt. I know, I know you – May agree with that, but have different conclusions. I think you and I are on similar pages with seeing Tootsie. We actually saw Tootsie not together, but at the same performance. Um, and I think Tootsie and the Prom are very similar in terms of their reviews. The difference between those two shows for me is that the Prom is a show that a lot of people universally loved for its content, but also its message, while Tootsie people seem that love it seem to love it for its content but the people who dislike it dislike it for its message the fact that there as we've talked about on today on broadway there was a large campaign against some of their merchandise that people thought were was transphobic there's a certain segment of theater journalists that actually think the show is transphobic um there's also and i voiced this on today on broadway and and have said it in other places i think that the show is actually still incredibly misogynistic despite the fact that we all say that, or everybody is saying that, oh, they've updated it for the modern era. Did they? Because I, I don't think they did. So I think that while Tootsie is probably the one that most people like, if you're looking at the community that's actually going to vote for these things, I agree with you with the prom having a, a leg up. Hades Town objectively still had better reviews than the prom, but not markedly. I mean, it wasn't like Hades Town was reviewed like it was Hamilton and the prom was, you know. Right. You know, something else. But right. it's, you know, it, there. I think there is still a gap there. I just don't see that either Tootsie or the prom being a real competition unless Hadestown is just like, eh, screw it. You know, we're not going to well, do anything. You know, well, I, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. And, and that's where I was going with this, actually, because, well, two, two things. First is I, the re, the one thing that was a nail in the coffin for me where I couldn't really come up and, and record this with you and really fight you on whether the prom would be a worthy contender to Hades town is Tootsie's reviews. There are whether, whatever we think about it, there are clearly people out there who are going to be voting who think that there are two great big musical comedies in the field. And I think that's going to really 
hurt the prom chances because there's going to be a whatever number it is. There's some overlap of people who maybe would have voted for the prom if not for the if not for Tootsie because they just like musical comedies better than more dramatic yeah. musicals. Um, so that's going to hurt them a little bit. But then the more important thing is going back to this campaigning. I I think Hades Town is going to run. I've already seen tricklings of it in just the nominations. I think Hades Town is running an extremely smart campaign. Um, their video, first of all, their video production uh, that they've been putting out since the beginning is just incredible. Um, but they're also pointed, like you know, they've been really putting out videos that feature the the performances that they want to see awards for that they that are that they aren't locks for. Like there was uh, a video last week of even a Blazada just belting her brains out. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems to me that they're using video a lot more. Like they're they've done more performances for the press. They've sent out more B-roll highlights than than normal. And and I would imagine that's part of their Tony campaign, but also just yeah. selling tickets. It's not an easy sell. It's doing fairly well, but it's not an easy sell. It's not Mean Girls or Frozen or anything from last season. It's But it really works. The, the, the flip side of that, of course, when you're talking about campaigning, is like the boys in the band, The Prom is apparently getting a movie from Ryan Murphy as well. So that's something yes. that is another boost of coverage because the prom opened in the fall. So maybe it's not, it's getting lost. I think Ryan Murphy having this big event at the prom and having a bunch of stars there and announcing that they're doing a movie version for Netflix. That also helps too. It does. Like you, I, I went and saw it and openly wept for the final 15 minutes of that show. And I adore the prom. I just don't see it as a major contender for anything. Really, I think maybe it has a shot for Beth Level to win Best Actress in a Musical, but I, I think it's just one of those shows, like Mean Girls, that has a lot going for it, but it's not breaking through to that elite level, and it's going to get a lot of nominations. I just don't know that it really has a shot to win anything, yeah. so I don't know that any of this really matters. I think they might be, in fact, trying to remind people of the show to maybe cement some of their performer nominations where you might be trying to get Brooks Ashmanskis into the lead actor in a musical category. You might be trying to get some attention to see if you can get both Beth level and Caitlin Kennan into the best actress in a musical. Cause I think they have to realize that they're not going to win score. They're not going to win musical. They're probably not going to win book. I feel like Tootsie and Hades town are probably going to fight for that one. So really their, their best chance to give them enough of a boost to continue running past the nominations and past the Tonys is to try to get as many nominations as possible and to be able to say three performers were nominated. So that is my opinion on where they're trying to go with these weird things happening yeah. now, as opposed to after nominations come out. So, so having seen it again last night, and I should say that, and I, Matt, I don't think I told you this, but Brooks and Caitlin were both out last night. Oh, wow. I don't know if they were sick or if maybe this was the first night without nominators in the audience and they have been, you know, working their asses off, uh, um, uh, doing eight shows a week for a while. But so, which is upsetting is one of the reasons why I wanted to go back, uh, right now, uh, is to just re it's been a while since I've seen it and to re clock where I really think they might land on these performance categories. But what I will say is there were a few takeaways that will also lead us down the path of talking about different categories. I sat there and I thought, you know what? Beth level really has a shot at winning this award. She is amazing. Uh, and I think that that's a category that doesn't have as clear of a front runner. I mean, I think Stephanie J block is everyone is, is the sort of favorite to win right now. Um, but I don't, I don't think there's any like real agreed. No, no one, no one's definitely got that win. Um, but I think Beth, Beth level and Stephanie and Kelly are very likely to get nominations. They're the only ones that got drama league outer critics and drama desk award nominations. The other thing talking about the other awards that I found really interesting. And I remember thinking this when the awards were being nom- being announced, but then last night having like w- living the play, the, the musical again, I, I just couldn't understand it is I think Casey Nicolau in especially choreography, but also direction um, is maybe a bigger contender than these um, at least for a nomination. Cause I don't think that, he got no nominations from the outer critic circle or the drama desk uh, awards. I think that the Tonys will, will, I mean, obviously you have fewer uh, pieces in competition because right. the Tonys are Broadway only, but I also actually think that there's some really amazing, especially choreography going on on stage there. Um, but that is a tough category as well. 
let's talk about well let's actually let's round out the best musical category so we've talked about tootsie we've talked about uh hades town we talked about the prom uh there should be two other nominees who where do you think those are going to go i think we're going to see two bio musicals get the last two slots i think we're going to get ain't too proud and the share show uh i have not seen either of those this is so this is just based off of reviews and buzz and nomination type things i would love 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 if somehow head over heels took the fifth slot i don't know that that's going to happen uh but i would love it I know you are a fan of Beetlejuice. I just don't think that that's going to be something that the nominators are going to go for. So in my perfect world, I think I would probably go Hadestown, The Prom, Tootsie, Ain't Too Proud, and then Head Over Heels. But I have a feeling that Head Over Heels is going to get forgotten and The Share Show is going to get that slot. That's interesting. I I mean, I have seen The Share Show. Um, I don't see a world in which that gets nominated. Oh, I I know. You've seen it. Yeah. I really do. I mean, that – I mean – if you're a fan of Cher, then you'll have a fine time there. But it's not a great theatrical production by any means. I think we're going to see Hades Town, The Prom, Tootsie, Ain't Too Proud. Ain't Too Proud with the with the with the the most likely of those of those three that are pretty much locked, or of those four that are pretty much locked to somehow get looked over. But I'm pretty sure those four are going to get in. And then, you know, I love, I really love Beetlejuice, so I would love to see that happen. Um, I think that head over heels is possible, but I actually look at be more chill, which I think people have sort of, I, even I have thought, um, we've written off. That doesn't seem like it's, but it's been doing great. It's been doing much better than anticipated in, on the other awards. Now, some of, uh, part of me wonders whether because it had an off Broadway run, that was also part of the season. And, um, because those awards, you know, like the, uh, those voters are looking at all productions that they, you know, might've fell in love with it early on in August when they saw it to be eligible off Broadway and then reset. So part of me wonders whether that helped it. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't think it's a show. So I think it's um, be more chill Beetlejuice or head over heels in that fifth slot. Could be, I, I think be more chill. I have completely dismissed another one that I haven't seen. Cause I'll be honest with you. No interest. Um, it's just not my thing, but it has been doing much better in the awards than it did in the reviews and at the box office. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I could see that happening. Sure. I should also say this. I'm going to grandstand for a second here because uh, and I, I can't remember if we talked about this, but I talked about this with a, a few people. Whatever you think about be more chill uh, and not that I think any of the nominators are going to hear this, especially not before they make their decisions. But I feel like I don't really think it's got it's really going to compete at all for a win. But I feel like it deserves a nomination because whatever you think about that show, it has attracted a very different audience, audience of theater goers. And there's no denying that there is a, you know, that it's mostly people under the age of, you know, 20 who are fanatics, but there, that there's a real, like it's got a cult following. And I, I, for me personally, just like thinking about the future of theater, I would love for the, for it to get a nomination for the fans so that, you know, as like a way to extend a hand to say, welcome to this community and you were a fan of something and, and we also, you know, think it's worth a nomination. I, I, I'm part of me is very um, part of me feels icky about the way in which some of the reviewers treated that production, because think what you want about the production, uh, think that it maybe is too juvenile. What I don't like is saying that it's that Broadway is a big boys uh, game and and that things that aren't attracting those those audiences shouldn't get a space on the stage. Like let's, let's ask them to do better next time, but, but let's extend an open hand (laughs) and, you know, and, and try to cultivate that audience and get them to see other shows. That's my thought. Anyway, uh, there are a few categories that I'm really stuck on and really interested in. We'll get through those by just going sort of quickly through and just maybe just talking about people who we think are locks uh, in other performance awards. Leading actor in a musical, I think Santina Fontana is a lock. Uh, I don't know that you agree with this, but I actually think Brooks Asmarankis, even though I didn't see him last night, uh, I thought he was phenomenal when I did see him, is a lock. And then I think, well, do you agree so far with me or no? Yeah, no, I I have both of those in for nominations. I think that Damon uh, uh, Dono Dono. uh, in Oklahoma has a very good chance. I think... I think Reeve Carney is going to – I don't know that he would have necessarily got a nomination, but I sort of feel like a, in the Tonys, a, a rising tide raises all boats, raises all boats has sort of like been a, applicable in previous seasons. 
Hayesan is going to get a lot of noms. I feel like he's going to benefit from that. Don't think he's uh, the most likely to win it, but I do think he's going to get one. Um, and then I think we've got Will Chase and Derek Baskin sort of battling out for the last slot. I completely agree with all of that. I think Will Chase gets it. I think that the Tonys are much more likely to appreciate Kiss Me Kate than any of the other nominating groups will. So I, I think that Will will get it. I would not be – like you said, I think Derek very well could. But I, I think it will be Reeve, Santino, Will, Damon, and Brooks. Um, and I just want to throw out that despite – I think it was Brantley who reviewed Beetlejuice last night and him not really liking much of it. He did praise – Alex Brightman, which I think was interesting True. because Alex did not get very good write-ups in DC. So I'm just going to throw him in as a, as a dark horse uh, to to upset one of those uh, spots. We talked about leading actress in the musical. Okay, so then let's go over to the play side. Leading actor in a play is, I think, if you just look at the names eligible for this category, it has got to be like the most fierce group of actors in the history of Tony Awards to be eligible. I, I, at one point counted and the number of like Oscars and, <laughs> and Tony's and, and Olivier's that, that this group has, uh, you know, has won and then been nominated for together is astronomical. I think Brian Cranston's a shoe in. I think Jeff Daniels is also a lock, although I sort of pulled him on my website. I pulled him off the lock after, off, after the drama desk. Cause I was just like, well, actually, because I think what I was realizing is I don't actually think he's got a nomination yet. This uh, he's lock. Uh, well, he's a lock. Okay. yeah. I all mean, right. I, well, for for me, I mean, like, he's Jeff Daniels in one of the most yes well reviewed shows and performances of the season. I understand that all the other awards might not necessarily have included him, but it's not a flashy performance, which is yeah, I think why To Kill a Mockingbird is not having as much buzz and momentum is not a flashy show. It is subtle. It is reserved. But I think it's Jeff Daniels doing a great performance, and I think he's going to get nominated. All right, so we'll call that a lock. And then I think um, duking it out is this crazy list. Um, Jeremy Pope uh, in Choir Boy, uh, Patty Considine for The Ferryman, uh, Adam Driver in Burn This, John Lithgow and Hillary and Clinton, uh, Michael Urie and Torch Song, Nathan Lane and Gary, and Tracy Letts and All My Sons. To a varying degree, I think those are the people battling them out, but I, I sort of felt weird saying any of them would be an upset to, to get a nomination. I think you're missing one. I think you're missing one. Um, I think Johnny Lee Miller for Inc. has a legitimate shot of getting nominated. So we actually talked about this yesterday. I haven't seen Inc. and also... Uh, until you texted me about this, I didn't realize that he is likely to be uh, deemed a yes. lead. So, so that's why he's off the list. I'm gonna actually make a note to myself to add yeah, that. Be, yeah, and because I like you, I went into the show. All I knew about seeing Ink was it was about Rupert Murdoch and one of his tabloids. Turns out the Rupert Murdoch character played by Bertie Carvel is a featured role, but Johnny Lee Miller's Larry Lamb is actually the lead. So I, I think he's very much in contention in this category. And then I think two names that I just want to throw out there uh, that to not forget is Jim Parsons for Boys in the Band because, again, he was ineligible for all the other ones, so who knows uh, what the nominators will think. Will think. And then the other one, uh, again, these people are people who I think are less likely to, but, but I wouldn't roll over if it happened. Ethan Hawke, in a not-so-great, uh, widely-liked uh, revival of True West, got universally glowing reviews. So if Ethan Hawke got slipped in there, I wouldn't be that surprised. But it is like – It's a tough year. It's the, the names on this list are insane. Okay, leading actress in a, in a play. Also some great names on here, but it's a, a shorter list, I think. Uh, I think no one will uh, fight me on the fact that Elaine May is going to get a nomination for the Waverly Gallery. Um, I think the next two most likely people to be nominated are Glenda Jackson for King Lear and Annette Bening for All My Sons. I would normally say those three are locks. Something something is giving me the like a vibe that this is going to be a category where we uh, are shocked and that for some reason one of those latter two don't get nominated. But I, I would I, think it would be I, – I think Glenda is the most likely to not be nominated. I, that's exactly what I think as well. Uh, I mean she got great write-ups, but the the production didn't. She won last year. I just – I don't know. I, I'm, I'm getting some weird vibes that just the, the Tony gods are, are sending me messages. I think the other people in the conversation are Heidi Shrek for what the Constitution means to me. I have some mixed feelings about that. Um, I think it's a great performance, but she's playing herself. So I find it yeah. hard to think that she should beat out like – some of the other people on here who are doing amazing acting jobs playing people totally different from them. 
Lori Metcalf or Hillary and Clinton. Those are, I think, the five. So Lane, Glenda, Heidi, Annette, and Lori are like the five that are mostly being talked about. You're forgetting my favorite performance of the year, actually. Um, or maybe not forgetting, but it, my favorite performance of the year from a lead actress in a play you did not mention. Um, and I think that's I, – I know why you haven't mentioned it. Um, I'm trying because, to figure out – I'm looking at the list. And I'm trying to figure out who it is. Do you want me to tell you or do you want to, you want to well, I'm, try I'm to just guess? Gonna, uh, is it Cherry Jones? No. Laura Donnelly? It is. It's Laura Donnelly okay. from The Ferryman. And I – I I I think I would be most hurt from the nominations, and I'm not someone who really cares about snubs all that much. But if Patty Considine and Laura Donnelly are not nominated, I will be incredibly disappointed because while I have still have absolutely no idea what the hell goes on in the Ferryman, um, it those performances were so raw and real that I hope that they're nominated, especially because they're in categories with such huge names. And I'm afraid that because they left the production uh, mm-hmm. a month and a half ago, that they're going to be forgotten. But I think both Patty and Laura gave fantastic performances. And I hope that they're remembered next. Week. I had Laura as de- a definite part of the conversation. And then she just didn't get love from the other awards. And I was like, Oh, maybe I'm missing something. I think the other category that I wanted to talk about, and then, you know, if there's anything that you wanted to draw attention to, but that I just think is like a crazy category uh, is featured actor in a play, especially because we have like, you know, um, 19 like boys the, in the band, the entire cast of boys in the band who are, you know, like well-known names who have been, like under, you know, their invisibility blankets for all the other awards. So like we have no clue when people get into a room and start talking about these people where their mind's been drifting. Um, so like I actually pulled off – I had some locks on and I, I was like too uncomfortable to even say anyone was a lock. I think Brendan Uranowitz and Burn, uh, uh, who plays Larry and Burn This uh, is going to be an amazing performance. The Drama Desk uh, uh, nominators thought so as well. I think he's going to be up there. Uh, ben Walker in All My Sons is apparently fantastic. So I think he's definitely in the conversation. But he wasn't the one from the show that got the nomination in this category. Uh, Hampton Fluker right. got That's it from right. the drama desks. So it's like I, I could see literally like 12 people potentially getting nominated here. Yeah. And then there's, as we talked, we did Bertie Carvel. Um, yeah. it's And then like Robin DeJesus, Zach Quinto, um, Gideon Glick. It's a it's a crowded category. Um my uh, dark horse that literally no one's talking about, but I, I have one too. So I'm hoping oh, you oh, say the same oh, one good. I do. Go I, ahead. I don't think it's going to be because I don't even know if you've seen the show, but mine is Zach Orth, who plays the campaign manager in Hillary and Clinton. Okay, that was not mine. Mine is Eugene Lee from American Son. Interesting. Oh, those are both very interesting. Uh, I don't, uh, he was good. Mark has a uh, – or, or Mark's the character's name. Zach has this moment that like when – at least the net performance I saw it, it got him like you know ex- exit applause. And like I feel like in the in these feature categories, sometimes a moment like that pushes you over the edge. Eugene Lee in American Son, that's a – that is a – that's – It's a dark a horse. Real, it's a real dark horse. But again, I'm um, also going to throw out Tom Glenn Carney from The Ferryman because I think that was probably – the best performance uh, of a lot of featured performances, uh, at least for actors in that show and Bertie Carvel as well, I think will be tough mm-hmm. to overlook. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, to kill a mockingbird also, I mean, there's Gideon, but there's also, uh, well, Pollen. I, I think, I think there are a few, play- I think they might get, there are a few people that are going to be talked about uh, or are going to be on those ballots. Um, okay. There's one other thing that I'll talk about before I throw, throw it to you, which is that I, I'm just going to say, uh, I'm just going to put out there in the world that I don't think it's impossible. I actually think it's more likely than usual, maybe not than last year, but more likely than average to see a, that we see a play get a, uh, a score nomination because because of the numbers of a number of jukeboxes, Head Over Heels, Share Show, and Ain't Too Proud. There are some of the some of the musicals that are going to be really competitive in other categories aren't eligible here, and so. Um, I and and we also have a, a Choir Boy, a play that had a like that was very music centric. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Choir Boy slid in there. I also wouldn't be surprised if it didn't. Yeah, I think we'll get one. I mean, it, you also had shows like To Kill a Mockingbird, which had a score, not singing. So I don't know that that's necessarily going to be in there. But I could see Choir Boy getting in there with like Hades Town, The Prom, Tootsie, and maybe be more chill. Yep, that's I, I think. 
I think that's I think that's right. I think that um, works. Yeah, I mean, you know, basically, well, I think hold on, that let me ask. I, I yeah, did not see. Ahead. I did did not see Choir Boy. Is that original music or are those mostly hymns that are being sung? So here's what's interesting. Uh, I think so. There's definitely an original music credit uh, okay. on the on the opening act playbill. Uh, I my understanding, which might be very wrong, I think that the the choir bo- choir parts are actually mostly hymns, but there are in the scene transitions this original music that actually gotcha. uh, the cast member that that sort of the cast members recorded. I don't know which. I, I really don't know which of. I don't know if that's the only original part or not, but yeah, I, we have a lot of. I mean, we also have um, in King Lear, we have Philip Glass doing an original score for theater. Um, mm-hmm. But but the, yeah, I mean, the, the real the real reason I bring this up here is there are technically there are twenty four productions with original music credits on on their you know uh, playbill, and the musicals. Uh, so that means we're gonna have five nominees. I think we're gonna obviously. I think we're gonna definitely see Tootsie, The Prom, Hades Town, and Be and uh, sorry, Tootsie, The Prom, and Hades Town. And I also think Be More Chill. It got an outer critic circle and it got drama desks for music and lyrics. But then I look sort of you know like uh, where's that fifth slot gonna come from? I don't think it's gonna be from Pretty Women. I don't think it's from King Kong. I don't think it's from Getting the Band Back Together. And I don't think it's from Beetlejuice. So I I think it's gonna come from a play. I'm one hundred percent with you. Yeah. What else? Are there any other categories that you that that are you know? I, I think just no, uh, not a ton. I, I think that the ones that I'm looking at in terms of the performances, I think are going to be really interesting after nominations. Like I feel like we know who the favorites are in the featured actor and actress categories. I think it'll be interesting to see who gets the fourth and fifth nominations. But mm-hmm. I think we know who the main people are fighting for those. Um, the featured actress in a play category is fun just because it's there's like 30 people who are eligible. Yes. Um, but that's how it works with the featured categories. Um, but I think I think Celia Keenan-Bolger, Julie White, Ruth Wilson, uh, Dearbla Malloy and Joan Allen are my picks um, in that Wait, category. Who, who's Dearbla Dear Malloy <laughs> yeah. is uh, is from The Ferryman. She is um, the angry aunt, not uh, you know, Aunt Maggie Faraway. Who got a nomination, um, I think, at the outer critic circle, right? Or, yes. Deer yes. was the one who is, to me, she gave, she was the, the angry one who actually, you know, talked in the show. Right. Um, yeah. So to me, I think that's probably the, the least likely, but she's the one who I actually liked the most. I have to uh, look at this. You know, I haven't seen um, the eligibility just came out. We should take a look at it. But uh, while I look at it, I'll just tell you, um, I haven't seen The Fairman since I saw it in London. So that means I also, oh, okay. I don't think saw the whole original cast here, but also, I mean, there are so many people in that show. How, right. you know, I can't remember who was who. So I have to look back at, at those. I, I do want to say that I, we, we talked about this, but I do want to hit here the best actress in a musical category, because mm-hmm. I agree that uh, Stephanie J. Block, Beth Level, um, are both locks. I don't know that Kelly O'Hara is a lock. Um, she did not get great reviews. Most of the reviews said she was miscast. I tend to think that she will get a nomination just because, like I said earlier with Will Chase, I think the Tonys are much more likely to appreciate Kiss Me Kate more than necessarily just the small group of reviewers were. But I think Eva is going to get a nomination. And I also think mm-hmm. that you're going to see Sophia and Caruso get a nomination from Beetlejuice. Um, Rebecca Naomi Jones would be the next one that could. It's a small group of categories. But the reason I bring this up is because we talked about how there is not a lead candidate in this. I don't know that I can see this happening now because of the reviews that came out for Beetlejuice. But I really came in thought that if Sophia and Caruso got great reviews, that she had a chance to win. One, so because... Nice. Uh, yeah, she's the Tonys love talented kids and she's what 15, 16, 17 years old. And there's not a, a strong candidate there in those other parts. Um, I don't know that that's the case anymore, but I do still think she'll get a nomination. And I, I think it's going to come down to a battle between Stephanie and Beth in this category. And I haven't seen Cher. You don't necessarily like the show, although I know you love Stephanie. Yes. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I think. I think Beth's in the lead just because I, I, I feel like kind of what you said about Heidi Shrek playing herself. Well, obviously Stephanie J. Block is not Cher. She is kind of doing an impersonation rather than a performance. Um, so I think Beth levels my my favorite there right now. But but we'll have to see. Just looking through and I'm realizing there are two things that I that I, we just have to talk about. Otherwise, I would feel like we didn't do justice. Uh, I'll start with the maybe less interesting one, but just a thing to think about is 
there are a few categories where I think Oklahoma and Hadestown are going to go at it. Um, best director. I think Rachel Chafkin and Daniel Fish are going to um, totally be the two names in conversation. Um, and then also orchestrations. I think that those are the two musicals that are going to, again, have at it. I don't know which is going to uh, make it out uh, the winner, but I'm sure both will be nominated. And then, the, okay, then the other category that I can't believe we didn't talk about, uh, we talked about very early on because we were we were looking with a keen eye at what happened today because of it is featured actor in a musical. Because, uh, you know, we, we sort of talked about it in relation to Town, but Patrick Page, I think, as soon as the show was announced for Broadway – was the name on every on the tip of everyone's tongue to win this award and then you know maybe you know a mixture of a result of the fact that he's been around this thing for a while and Andre hasn't been and his in, and and his ineligibility uh because of that his name hasn't really been around this award season but Andre de Shields has very much so we have a sort of internal Hades town thing going on there um uh, but it's also it's a it, that's another interesting category. I, I actually think this is another place that the show show could pick up a nomination in Jared Spector. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also and then like Tootsie like had two nominees here with the Outer Critics Circle. I don't see that happening. But um, well, and I what's th- funny is is my favorite perform my favorite featured performance from Tootsie wasn't one of them. I I 100 agree. Yeah, Andy Gratolution I think was fantastic. Now. I, I think him and Reg Rogers are both very worthy of nominations. I didn't really get the John Bailman character. He did a lot of ab acting. Um, where he I, just actually, took off I have shirt. to be honest with you, and this is going to be I, – I, and I haven't even cared enough to look it up. That nomination came out, and then I looked at his photo on the Tootsie website, and I looked at <laughs> – I don't know who that character is. He's the he's the leading man in the show within a show, the one who – Oh. Um, yeah. Oh, that's such the, a forgettable character. Yeah, I can't believe does I, the thing I, on no his chest, to... if you remember. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, I, I think we very well could see, I think we'll see two from Hades Town. I think we'll see Patrick Vale from Oklahoma. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to having Jeremy Pope in this category as well. And then, um, you know, I also think I, we see Ephraim Sykes from Andrew Proud the yeah, nominate here. Yeah. So I, it, I think this will be an interesting one. But the reason I, I kind of mentioned it is I think that this one is going to be one either by one of the two guys from Town or Patrick Vale from Oklahoma, if and only if the Town gentlemen mm-hmm. cannibalize each other in the voting. I'm going to throw two other names in the ring here. Uh, Corbin Blue uh, in Kiss Me Kate. And I, I mean, we have like George Salazar is definitely if, if people were wondering whether he would get a nom uh, and thinking not after his I mean, he got noms I, I think in both of the other thing let's see salazar got yeah and i had a quick circle and john Medesk nomination so he, he definitely isn't out of the conversation this is a crowded category but like i actually think chris Sieber, like chris Sieber could maybe pull it off but but there's just so many other more dem- yeah. like commanding he's uh, great yeah yeah he's he's fantastic though i think that, oh let's well, let's finish out the performance categories and talk about featured actors in a musical so amber gray i think is the obvious lock and favorite um, but I think it's given the awards, the way the award season has gone, we've got two other really strong contenders. Uh, the first that I think is the the strongest is Allie Stroker, um, in Oklahoma. I think she'll get a nomination. Leslie Kritzer has been doing very well. Uh, but I also think that Leslie's the least likely of those three to get the nomination. Sarah Stiles from Tootsie, which was my absolute favorite part about that show. Concur. Um, Mary Tessa from Oklahoma, and then I, I also think Bonnie Milligan uh, from Head Over Heels. Uh, I think that the most likely uh, nomination that Head Over Heels has is in this category. Uh, I agree. I wouldn't hate it if they got a choreo nom as well. Oh, yes. That um, as well. But that too. But I could also see Mary Testa, um, Stephanie Stiles, Bonnie Milligan, Leslie Kritzer, Michaela Diamond, those yes. five fighting for the last two slots. I think that Gray Stroker and Sarah Stiles, not to be confused with Stephanie Stiles, spelled differently. Um, I, I think that Gray Stroker and Sarah Stiles are locks. I think the other five will fight for those last two spots. And I'm, I'm fine with any of them. I would love to, you know, just like I would love to see Head Over Heels sneak its way into Best Musical, I'd love for Bonnie Milligan uh, to be recognized in this category as well. And there has been this trend in the last few years, especially on the musical side, for like a one, you know, horse domination 
down the ballot. Last year, especially the last two years, I mean, Hamilton was expected, but I think Dervin Hansen um, picked up awards that that people weren't expecting it to because uh, there were s- phenomenal other contenders and and but but like Dervin Hansen was the musical of the season. I think the same is true about the band's visit. I hope I can tell you now. I can see. Um, a very colorful Tony Knight with awards going to all sorts of productions. And I really hope that that's what happens because, um, I mean, that's not to say that there's not going to be someone that takes a majority of the awards, but I, there are, there is definitely, there are your dark horse shows with front runner nominees, I think. Yeah. I, I think, I think it'll be interesting. There is no breakout hit of the season, though Hades Town is as close as I think we're going to get. Um, so I, I, it'll be interesting. I, I'm, I'm super intrigued by how the nominators treat Oklahoma. It is as divisive of a show in the whole season. And I think it'll be really interesting to see if that divisiveness translates over the nominations. I, I could see the nominators liking it maybe more than the voters. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but we'll see what happens. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for a more interesting yes night. It, it gets kind of boring when you start reeling shows, realizing shows like um, the band's visit is winning like every technical award and every smaller. You're like, okay, I see what's yeah. coming. And you're like, I what about that guy on the stage at every night at SpongeBob who's like, you know, yeah, <laughs> squawking the squawker. Yeah, and and I'm hoping that that's not the case. Um, here, I'm hoping we have some interesting stuff when it comes to the Tonys that it's not just a runaway, yeah. although. My favorite show of the last few years is Hades Town. So if it is a runaway and it's Hades Town, I'm okay with that too. Totally. Thanks as always for listening to the O'Henry Report. Remember to keep checking your feed for new episodes over the course of the award season and to head over to www.ohenryproductions.com for my up to the minute analysis of the campaign. If you have any questions from previous episodes, ideas for the next one, or just want to chat more about awards or theater in general, tweet me at Oliver Henry Roth. You can find The O'Henry Report on Broadway World, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. Basically, wherever you like to listen to your podcasts, we're there. Be sure to follow Broadway World on Facebook and on Twitter at Broadway World for updates, especially this award season. And you can find me on Twitter at Oliver Henry Roth, on Facebook at O'Henry Productions, and on the web again at www.ohenryproductions.com. I can't wait to check back in with you after nomination morning. Looking forward to seeing what we learn, and I'll talk to you then.